Well, how are you doing, Rick Dog? Yeah, good, good, good. I'm, I, I'm less delusional than Kempi. If he believes that Paul Mawadi is up and about at 6.05, <laughs> he's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> but good otherwise, yeah. good otherwise, is he? We've got, uh, got a busy old morning uh, com- coming our way, mm. and uh, uh, we're going to have to... We, we, just to fit him in, we're going to change a few things up because uh, Robert Lucetich, who wrote that uh, book on Tigers 2009 season, Unplayable, uh, trying to fit him in. He's coming on now at 6.30, so we'll do him instead of, instead of those sports heads at 6.30, but be great to get his take on the, the whole live golf situation. Oh, there's plenty going on. Some uh, They had the, obviously the players meeting yesterday. It got pretty heated, and I was listening to Rory McIlroy. He's obviously had a little bit of a say at the Canadian Open. That's the next event on the PGA Tour. And he's come out and said, look, it was heated, but it was understandably heated. There's, um, there's, he's got a lot of empathy for the players that were getting heated. It was probably the players that are struggling to, to hang on to their tour card. You know, like this obviously creates a beast with the best players playing under one entity. But then you've got players that probably have struggled for a very long time that have been sh- probably going to be pushed out the back door. So you can emphasise with them. A wee bit, and and how that's going on. But um, the more I kind of think of it, well, this is the reality of, of sport. And yes, they do have a, a, a horrid background over in Saudi Arabia. But we don't want to get too much into politics and what's going on. For me, it's it's about the great game of golf, and um, you know, and hearing Rory talk about it, he still hates the LOV setup. What they've gone away, they've gone away from the purest form of golf and he's not a fan of of that so he wants to see what the structure entails and there's a lot of water to go under the bridge we know that and some more information to go i think the biggest talking point now is jay monaghan you know what happens to jay monaghan after what he's come out and said for the last two years you know gone against he's really used the player the pulling power of tiger Woods. like you do not want to make tiger woods angry and he's used Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy as his bodyguards to go forward and fight this beast that is LOV. And then he started a total U-turn right behind their backs. So mm. I'm sure an impending resignation surely be on the cards, Rick Dog. Oh, yeah, with a, with a big fat paycheck in his back pocket. He's um, already got that. You know, well, yeah, but he'll get even more. For folding to uh, LIV and or live and letting them letting them take over because that's the thing I was reading about this and this is something that we can um, we can talk to um, Robert Lucetich about when he comes on but you know that there was a um, the the reason that they basically came came to the table uh, live was that the guy who is now the uh, who, who runs the PFI uh, what's his name Yasir L Ramian the PGA was in federal court and they required him as governor of the public investment fund to give testimony in an antitrust case, right, about how they were using their money. And now he's on the board of directors. So (laughs) somebody didn't want to talk, somebody didn't want to be questioned, somebody didn't want anything in public, and they've come to an agreement. So as much as yesterday we were saying, it looks like Liv have, have sucked them up here, it also looks like... The PGA have forced their hand in a way as well to, mm. to do this because they want to, um, you know, this this P, uh, PIF, this fund, is the same one that bought Newcastle United in the Premier League. Mm. And when they brought that, the one of the things that they had to go, they do this uh, fit and proper owners test, which is pretty average anyway. But one thing that the Premier League said is like, it can't be, can't be run by the Saudi fund, it has to be independent. 
And so they said, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's totally independent. Totally so create, independent. A, create an entity and, within an entity. Yeah, and now it's, it. now it's uh, become quite evident that that is not independent at all and it is all part of it. So. No, and, that, and that's right. That's, you know, the question that Izzy asked is what happens to Monaghan when he gets, uh, I, I, I suppose, asked to resign. Well, he gets asked to resign off one board and he goes straight on to the main entity, which is the one that <laughs> runs, the, runs this, um, this new... I guess championship that they they try how how that how that plays out is going to be really really interesting because again as we said yesterday I think there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge, um, mm. and it's really this one for me is really interesting because at the at the forefront of everyone's mind here is the dollar, and and mm-hmm. how how powerful is the dollar we're going to see in this as this plays out um, and it's going to be interesting talking to uh, uh, Robert uh, Lucetich about that because he. Yeah, you know, reading some of the stuff that he'd written yesterday, he's he's across it, like right across mm. it. What what does this do to the majors as well? You know, like LOV with the money on offer, they're going to come in and they're going to create a, a tournament that feels like a major, probably looks like a major. It's going to have the best eighty players in the world playing, and they're going to be playing for you know, our mind could be blown here. It could be a hundred million. Could be something ludicrous. And what does that do? Does that dilute the kind of credibility of the majors, the four big majors, and what the history behind them entails and the players that have gone before them? Like, this is the stuff we've got to really think about. Like, the game is, is great. We Look, I got, I got, I'm pretty, um, pretty excited about the potential of where this could go with the amount of money on offer. But then on the other side, the purest in me is like, oh. but if they do create this big tournament, you know, what does this do for the credibility? Will they go and create a fifth major? What would that look like? Would you be happy if there was a fifth major on offer? Has that been in the cards for Talking Point? Yeah, well, I guess the other other one around that too is what happens to the to the majors as far as support? You know, so what does that look like when the morality of, of sponsors, for instance, and and people out there when they look at this from a, you know, what Rick is saying is like we're going to hide this mm. underneath the covers, so we'll create an entity within an, an entity to hide the actual morality issue. What, what I yeah. want to know is what happens to the sponsors. So when you've got a sponsor that in their own value set that they've got um, as an organisation saying, well, this is what we stand for, where do they sit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because well, saying, they sit behind now because there's six hundred and twenty billion in front of them. Well, yeah. So is it? Is it? Well, that's. So let's have a look at that. Yeah. Is so then it becomes purely a Saudi event. Yeah, and I mean, if they create a fifth major, you know, it'll probably end up being in Saudi. It'll be part of the deal. But the interesting thing is, is that you know, there's so much more money now, um, which I guess is what those you know the players were talking about in the first place, particularly the Greg Normans and the Brooks Kepkers. So. Uh, on the tour next year, there are going to be twice as many events with $20 million US as prize money as there was this season. Mm. So, in one way, the players get what they want, but one player that's not happy about it at all is Rory McIlroy, and he talked about that yesterday. A lot of fans are upset at this news. The, the war of words between the PGA Tour and Liv got very heated and fans got very involved. What do you say to fans who are disappointed in this deal? But it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away. And I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. 
very different from live. All I've do- tried to do is protect what the PGA Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for, and I think it will continue to to do that. Um, so, look, going forward, I hope that there's, you know, there may be a team element, and you're going to see maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like live has looked, and I think that's a good thing. Just as a follow-up, I mean, you do see why fans are upset, though. I see what you're saying, that it's not Live, it's the PIF. But nonetheless, you know, during this back and forth over the past year, at one point, Jay Monahan said, a deal like this would never happen out of respect for the victims of 9-11. Obviously, you're not uh, responsible for what Mr. Monahan says, but you can see why this has stirred up a lot of emotions in fans, right? Of course. You know, I, I said it to Jay yesterday, you've galvanized everyone against something, and that thing that you galvanized everyone against, you've not partnered with. So, of course, I understand it. It, it is hypocritical. It sounds hypocritical. Um, the one thing I would say is, again, whether you like it or not, the PIF and the Saudis want to spend money in the game of golf. It is they, they want to do this, and they weren't going to stop. So how can we, you know, the thing for me, and this is one thing that I've always thought about, how can we get that money into the game but use it the right way? And I think that's what this ultimately will do. Hopefully. I mean, that's that's my hope. Oh, interesting comments from... What, what I talk about of that is that this is an LRV golf, but you spoke about it yesterday, Ricardo and Kempi. LRV, the PIF, have just bought PGA Tour out. Pretty and much. They've folded. They've folded to it. So that, for me, says that they've got overriding power on how this is going to be structured and played. He's worried about the PGA Tour, the purest game of the form, how it looks and the structures involved. But when you've got them funding the whole entire thing and having a, a complete say, then you can only picture that it's going to look different. It's going to look a bit like the LIV Golf Tour. Yeah. And That's what I took from that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, Saudi Investment Fund, they don't care what it's called. They just want to control it. <laughs> Well, you know, they, you know, that's the end of the end, end of the day. And I, I think when they they got the LIV some media rights and and it started to be, you know, put out there that it was something better than the the PGA was offering, and you're starting to get a groundswell of support behind it. You know, the PGA and their media rights deals also up for grabs here um, with this new entity. It, it just looks like one door is closing and they're opening up a, ne- a new shop right next door, but it looks totally different. Uh, 0800 is our number, and Irish John is called through out of uh, Kempe's home province, the Naki. G'day, John, how you doing? Hey, morning, lads. That's powerful stuff from Rory there. Mm. Yeah. But we, 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 so the situation there is um, situation there is now Rory's on the money there. Uh, sorry to say about money, but uh, well, there you go already. Um, so blood money. So you're trying to get... Um, Sponsors to put the money in without Saudi's blood money. That's it in a nutshell. Mm. And FedEx and the big sponsors mm. there. Imagine how they feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of um, people turning their back on this. Um, I think they've got the firepower to really take the hit. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, Irish John. We appreciate your call, yeah. mate. Thank you so uh, much for your time. And uh, have you got anything else you want to share just before we let you go? 
He's gone. That's He's okay. Gone. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Plenty to dissect uh, throughout this conversation is heated, and the reality is, I was doing a little bit of reading about it. Um, just and I listened to a great podcast yesterday, um, Robert Eason over the Robert Eason show that uh, the great Andrew Gordy put up on his Twitter. So I had to listen to it. It was about ten minutes, and it just really painted the picture of, of what's unfolded. Look, there's a lot of details we don't know. Only Jay Monahan knows, and they've got to get through plenty over the short amount of time. But the basic crust of it, it stinks. This stinks of something going on, mate. This is just, oh, the craziest news that has unfolded in such a short period of time, Rick Dog. It is, uh, yeah, exactly, and it came out of nowhere. I talk, I messaged Steve Elke yesterday, uh, asked him about uh, coming on. He said, look, I, uh, we've been told we're not allowed to comment. So, you know, he, he's uh, basically the players have had the word now after obviously a few came <laughs> out and said, well, you know, we didn't know anything about it. So that's where it sits, and that gets us to this point in the morning. Can't wait question of the day. I've been racking my brain what the can't wait question of the day is today because we've had so many options, but I ended up settling on this, boys, uh, and I know you haven't had any time to digest it because I only changed it about two seconds ago. But it's our can't wait question of the day. And, you know, something that you said, Izzy, that made me think of this. Will you still watch golf now that Liv has effectively won the war? You know, now that the Saudis have won and they've taken over and you've talked about the blood money that Irish John mentioned and everything else that goes on, uh, they have control of it. Will you still watch the PGA golf now that Liv, well, the PFI or PIF, whatever it is, uh, are funding it and are effectively in control of it, Kempe? Well, tough, tough question. Tough question for me because it raises a number of morality issues um, here. You know, and, and even in, even when you're thinking about it, like a, you know, you only know what you know, and we don't know the full story, mm. full story of the LIV and and exactly what's going on. We do know that it's going to get messy. All right, Rory's come out and he basically said, "I hate love." Um, he's he's pulled no punches. I know it, you can't help, but it is um, other than being a political nightmare for a lot of people. Um, but at the end of the day, I guess what you've got to do is separate the golf from the. Mm actual um, prize money because you know in our in our roles we have to watch sport you know we, we, we're talking about sport every day of the week and um, if there's golf and that's what our, our listeners want to talk about then then we're watching golf and we're talking about who's at the top of the board and and getting our heads around that it's just really unfortunate that that I guess this is the way that sport is going you know um, and, that, and it is starting to challenge people. So if it's challenging the way that I'm thinking about sport, I, you know, I guess it's challenging a lot of people the way they're thinking about sport. That's that. Where does it head? Like, what does it look like? Mm. The, 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 the question for me, with the WWE and the UFC, now Live Golf, Newcastle and the Saudis buying up the uh, EPL, what does EPL? It's about what does sport look like in the future? Is it owned entirely by big, big pots of money? You know, and, and the by biggest pot, states, and the biggest pot of money comes out of the, the Emirates, doesn't it? Yep, yeah, it does come out of there. So, uh, yeah, that is a can't wait question of the day. Will you still watch golf now? Love has effectively won the war. What about you, Izzy? Oh, if I'll be completely honest, I've never watched any live because at the moment it's hard to watch because you've got to go on to some different like uh, sources and, and places to go watch the game. 
but you watch it. It's not on our TVs all the time, so it's hard to actually watch their product. So if the product has moved into a a format or, or a source that is util, util, that you can utilize and you can watch it at home, then I'd hundred percent will watch it because I love golf. I'm a purist. I want to watch the best golfers in the world competing. But for me, I love the game because I know how difficult the game is. I think that's this is where it's leading to. Kempi, like the, it, we're drifting away from why people love golf. It's a wonderful game. It is challenging. It is the most challenging game and sport in the world, I reckon, because you've got a shot and then you've got a five-minute break for your mind to wander off into anywhere and then you've got to come back and really utilise that shot. So um, I, I'd love to see the focus just really get back onto the game of golf. Um, you know, we get rid of this politics that's happening in the background. It is scary, Kempi, I can hear what you're saying too, because money is dominating the thought process at the moment. And look, the world is about money, and, and it is a business, sport and golf. Whether we like it or not, it is a business. These players get paid extremely well. But on the flip side, I'd love to just see us focusing on the game of golf from a purest form. That's why I love it. Okay, we want to hear from you. 0800 150 811 8833 is the text line. Will you still watch golf now? Liv has effectively won the war. Does it turn you off at at all, or is it something you can just ignore and enjoy the sport for the spectacle that it is? Let us know. 0800 150 811 8833. 623 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. Master your facial hair style with 20% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. There's an opportunity out there if, if both organizations put a stay on their litigation, but that's the problem. They've got to put a stay on it. And whether or not they do that or not, um, you, there's no willingness to negotiate if you have a litigation against you. So um, if they both have a stay and then have a break and then they can meet and figure something out, then maybe there is something to be had. Um, but I think Greg has to go, f- first of all, and, and then obviously the litigation against us and then our countersuit against them. Um, those would then have to be at a stay as well. So then, then we can talk. We can all talk freely. There we go. That was Tiger Woods. It is 6.29 here on a Thursday morning in reaction to the PGA merging with LIV Golf or PIF Saudi Fund. And Josh come through, got me thinking, I think you guys are forgetting LIV has played how it is because of Norman. But there hasn't been one thing mentioned about Greg the Shark Norman. So it will be different. Cheers, Josh. So, yes, is, Josh Nor- uh, is Greg Norman. Gonskis. Well, that, that's a really good point that he brings up because we've seen nothing about mm. Greg Norman has been nowhere the last 24, mm. 48 hours. Nowhere. Haven't seen him, haven't cited him. Has he been cited as the problem? Is this part of the Jay Monaghan deal? It's like, we'll, we'll come to the table. You have to get rid of Norman. Yeah, I do, think do you so. Think, do you think I he think cares? he's gone, Kempe. Yeah, do you think he cares? Oh. Well, if, they, um, if they're signing $400 million deal, deals, what has Norman made? Out of all this, oh Greg, Greg will get plenty, Kempi. But this is probably an ego thing for him as well. Mm. If if he's getting shafted, you know, like I think he'd be pretty gutted. He's been at the face. He's the face of LOV. This is this is he's been the main cause of it. Like he, he he's got plenty anyway. But another four hundred million would do him wonders. But this is more about his ego side of it. I think he'd be absolutely. 
distraught and gutted if he gets shafted out. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I did see a text the, yesterday referring to him as the Great White Shaft um, off, the, off the back of this. <laughs> and a, the Great White Shaft. <laughs> and, and the way he's been involved. Uh, There's no loyalty, is there? There's no loyalty in this deal. Who, who, who would you believe and, and what, what would you be getting yourself into? They're all mercenaries, mate. They're all mercenaries. Uh, this text has come from double eight double three. The Temper Bed Post text machine. You talk about the Saudis and the blood money, as if the American money is pure. Live Golf format is way exciting, uh, way more exciting than the PGA, and easy to access. Live Golf Plus the app for free. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is that this is the the nation state of Saudi Arabia, whereas the PGA their money's come through sponsorships and TV deals. It's not funded by the US government. I think that's 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 the difference there. But keep your keep your texts coming through. The Temper Bed Post text machine. Double eight, double three. Range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. We'll get to more of those. Robert Lusitich, who wrote Unplayable, the book about Tiger Woods' tumultuous 2009 season, is going to join us after the latest news in sport with Aroha News for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, thank you, Aroha. It's 27 away from 7. We've been talking Live Golf, the PGA, the merger that has happened. And joining us now out of California to talk about that is respected golf journalist and author of Tiger Woods' 2009 book, Unplayable, Robert Lusitich. Uh, morning, morning, Robert. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, sitting out here about to play some golf myself, so life is good. <laughs> Lucky. No, I see. You're not with Greg Norman, are you? Because nobody seems to be able to find him at the moment. No, no. I think the shark may uh, may be uh, maybe hard hard to find from here on out. <laughs> I think he might be, mate. I think he might be. Uh, yesterday, that announcement that came out caught pretty much everybody by surprise. I mean, we we called Ryan Fox. We called his coach Marcus Wheelhouse, a former tour player. We talked to Steve Elker as well. None of them saw it coming. None of them had even heard whispers about it coming. Uh, what about you? And what was your reaction when you heard it? Yeah, no, I had no idea. I mean, I, look, I, I long thought the, the, the history of breakaway leagues, if you look around at different sports around the world, eventually there's a coming together, right? And, and there will always be uh, a financial reason for that, usually. And, and then there's always going to be some hurt feelings, those that didn't take the money, those that did, and so the, the, but eventually down the line, you, you forget about these things. And, and I, I did think that it would come together at some point, but certainly not with the speed uh, that it was executed at. And I think, obviously, to me, what, what happened here is that Jimmy Dunn, who is a uh, major Wall Street player, uh, also on the PGA Tour policy board, he himself is an excellent golfer and uh, very well liked. And I think that, Jimmy Dunn did an end around. They, you knew that nothing was going to be achieved by going through Greg Norman because there was just too much bad blood. And the, Jimmy Dunn on the PGA Tour policy board, I think he did an end around to the Saudis and said, "Do you really want to just keep doing this?" Do you, I mean, they've, you know, they've, they've basically pumped two billion dollars into an entity that can't get, you know, uh, the ratings of a, of a of a the old test patterns, you know, that we that I grew up with in Australia. So. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of holes in that in, in, in that business model. The Saudis obviously committed a couple of billion dollars to it, so that glossed it over. But, you know, how long were they going to want to keep doing that? And I think the Saudis just... The, the irony is their intention all along was to just invest in the PGA Tour because, you know, they're, they're, especially now in the, in the last five to ten years, they've, they're aware that uh, the, the, every time you see another electric car on the road, that's that's money out of their pocket, right? So they're, 
that they've got a fund of $650 billion, which they are using to invest in all kinds of things, you know, Uber, and just different things. So golf was just one of them. And of course, there's people are going to say sports washing and that, that is, those are valid arguments too. But I think ultimately this was, you know, as Michael Corleone said in The Godfather, it's, it's, it's business, you know, it's not personal. Uh, and I think uh, t- uh, Monaghan is going to have to wear some uh, some of the sticky stuff, uh, brown stuff, uh, for a while because uh, he did tell them <laughs> he did tell them he did tell some some fibs. But you know he was he was basically a lawyer and arguing a, a case, mm. and now he sees a better outcome and he says, "All right, well they're not the bad guys after all. Let's bring him back in." So very shocking, but uh, in 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 some ways. I always thought this was probably the way it was going to end. I just didn't think it would happen this quickly. Hey, Robert, so let's just talk a little bit about that business model. Because when you drop a, a little rock into a pond, the ripples get bigger and bigger and wider as they spread out. Where where does, I guess, the stop and, and who does it affect? And we're talking about washing um Using sport, this this way of getting your message out into the into out, out to the world, because you know, of, as we know, the electric stuff and the and the and the gas and oil and bits and pieces. What happens to the people now that support the PGA, for instance, as far as sponsors and media rights? Where do they sit, and uh, where does the morality of this type of deal sit as that ripple starts to expand out? Yeah, I mean, good question, but I I think you've got to remember that. This is not a merger. I know that it's being presented as such by some, uh, certainly on the live side of the equation, but it's not a merger at all. The PGA Tour will exist as it has, as is. Nothing changes. The Saudis are actually pumping money into the PGA Tour. The European Tour will exist, and then there will be an entity which which is essentially going to be the next incarnation of live golf, but the Saudis will be minority investors, and they will have two seats on the board and obviously to save face they gave they gave uh al ramayan the uh the, the chairmanship but let's not kid ourselves i mean there, there's three of, of the four people that have been announced three of them are the pga tour and jay monaghan's the chief executive so i think this new entity is going to i'm you've got to look at it separately it's not going to be the pga tour at all it's it it, it could end up being a tour that goes, let's say, from September to, you know, December, uh, and focusing on teams and playing globally, which wouldn't be a bad thing, I think. But I, I, you know, I mean, I'm Australian, and I know a lot of Australians. Essentially, forget about the Greg Norman factor, but a lot of Australians embrace Live just because they were pissed off that their tour, which was came down to in the end only three events, but. Uh, was nobody showed up because the PGA Tour decided to go year-round. So you've got even Aussies, you know, showing up to play in Napa Valley or somewhere in Sea Island, Georgia, and not going home to to, to support uh, Australian golf. And I think that there was a lot of resentment and ill will that the PGA Tour built up for dominating golf. And, 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 and it's not that they said, you can't go. It's they said, here's more money over here. Do you want to go there? And of course, guys say no. Well, yeah, we'll play here and we'll get FedEx Cup points, and you're, you know, you're you're, you're a hamster on a wheel. And uh, I think that this new entity, which we don't know, we really don't know what it's going to look like, but I I think 
that it will be uh, different to what we've seen with Liv. Um, I think that the PGA Tour is going to run it, so it's definitely going to be different. But hopefully, the upside is that there will be more global events. And yes, we are going to uh, have... We will not hear the word sports washing again for a very long time coming out of the PGA Tour because you know now they're all in bed together, so everything's fine. And of course, there's hypocrisy in that. I mean, we, we, we should note the hypocrisy in that because a lot of people who stayed loyal and said, no, we're not going to, you know, like an Adam Scott or a Ricky Fowler turned down $75 million. And, and what's he going to do now? What's, how does he feel now? You know, uh, Jason Day, I mean, how, how do these blokes feel having not taken the money? And now, you know, next year, I think what's going to have to happen is there any one of the live players that comes back to the PGA Tour? And remember, not, I'm not talking about this new entity, which will be a separate tour, but back to the PGA Tour, I think that they're going to have to be fined, and it's going to have to be a significant fine, and to, because you've got to reward the guys that stayed loyal to you. Mm. Yep, I'm hearing what you're saying, Robert. Appreciate it, mate. And uh, Liam B has come through on the text machine, just like Qatar World Cup. When the tour starts and the game is displayed, people will forget about all the drama. Sport is sport. I watch sport because of what happens on the course field pitch and who runs it or where the money comes from doesn't matter to me. I just want to see good competition. So the competition from a purist fan, Rory's come out. He says, look, LOV, he hates it. He hates the format. He hates what it displays. It's gone away from the game of golf. How will this new entity, I'll say it, PGA Tour look in your eyes? Put your crystal ball over it. Well, I don't. I just don't. I, I personally think that it will resemble, and not identically, but resemble more like a Formula One model. I think there will be teams. I think they'll get sponsors. Uh, everybody thought, oh, Rory's the guy that needed to go to live to make it succeed. It wasn't Rory at all. It was Hideki Matsuyama. Because as soon as Hideki came, you could go to Toyota, for instance, and say, all right, uh, we've got a Japanese team. Do you want to be the sponsor? Do you want to own it? And does Lexus want to own it, you know, for instance? So I think we're going to see, I'm just throwing out some names, but, you know, Red Bull would be an obvious one. I think they're, they're going to be looking, they're interested in a team. I think we're going to start seeing corporations, maybe Microsoft. Who knows? I mean, I don't know who's, who's going to be involved and at what level, but you know that they're going to be pitching it. And now there's not the stigma attached to it that there was with Liv, where I, I think a lot of, especially if you sponsored the tour, the PGA Tour, you didn't, you, you know, you didn't want to get involved with Liv, right? So now the, the, the gloves are off on that. You can, you can get involved and you can do it. And I think that we're going to see something resembling more of a team competition and whether they do it all through the year or whether they do it in a concentrated part let's say august on or i think i think that's what it will look like but i mean nobody really knows because honestly Mm. i think they've nutted this out very 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 quickly i think that the saudis just said uh you know what we don't want war anymore the pga tour and and just one little bit of a backstory the, the, the lawsuit that was involving the PGA Tour and Liv, neither one of those sides wanted to open up the books, okay? The PGA Tour, they, they, they get away with being a not-for-profit, which can be, you know, to me is pretty outrageous, but they get away with it because they <laughs> donate a lot to charity and, it's, and it creates a big smokescreen. But it, you know, absolutely, absolutely is that it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be getting tax exemptions in the United States, and it does. And every time 
a, a government tries to tax them, they roll out Jack Nicholas and he goes and talks to a couple of politicians and, and they forget about that. It's all, it's, it's gone. And <laughs> by the same token, live, the live, the Saudis, the last thing they want is some, some American lawyers poking around the books and seeing what they're doing with their money. Uh, no, they don't want to see that at all. So in yeah. the end, you know, money, money drove it all and money in the end brought mm. it all down and money will, money will recreate it. So, you know, that's the world we live in, boys. Yeah, it is. All right, Robert. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. We'll let you go and, and, and warm up for your round. Uh, what, are you, what are you playing off? And is, is it 10 bucks a hole? How do you run it? Uh, I'm, I'm actually playing off nine, and uh, and and uh, hopefully uh, nobody nobody uh, realizes that I, I might I might be a bit better. <laughs> uh, no, He's, a know, He's a burglar. He's a burglar. A burglar. Get out of here, know, mate. I've learned I've learned about this game just to, that you don't uh, that you don't uh, you know that, that, don't go the other way. Be nice and be nice yeah. and modest with your handicap. Yeah, uh, and, and I've got one. in the cards you, you want to. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're talking. I got one question for you, boys. Uh, tell okay. me, tell me how Eddie Jones is going to uh, do with uh, <laughs> with the Wallabies at the World Cup? Because I'm, oh, I'm a big a Eddie good... fan, and and, uh, and I think he might be. I think he might pull some surprises, but you never know. He'll go close, but not close enough. He's on the right there side. There you of the go, draw. short not and sharp. No, yeah. no, no, no. I think he'll do well. I, I think he'll, I think he'll inspire and do it extremely well. So, thank you so much, Robert. We've got to shoot off, mate. Yeah. We'll get you get back to golf game, yeah. eh? Cheers, bud. There you go. There you go, Robert Lucetich with us out of California. He is uh, the author of Unplayable, the book of Tiger Woods' tumultuous 2009 season. It is 14 away from seven here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Purchase any lipo sachets from Chemist Warehouse for your chance to win a Samsung Bespoke home package. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 10 away from 7 o'clock. Uh, moving things around this morning so we could get uh, Bob Lucetich on the on the phone before he teed off in his golf. So uh, we're going to do Quizzy Dag at around 7.40. In case you haven't missed out, we're still going to do that around 7.40. But it is time for uh, some quick sports news headlines. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And uh, uh, Kiwi uh, big man Rob Lowe is retiring from the Aussie NBL after mm. deciding not to accept a contract offered to him by the Breakers. Understood that the 2 point one one metre centre had more lucrative offers in front of him from well elsewhere, but didn't want to uproot his family from Auckland again. So the 31-year-old tall black, who is currently in the midst of a career season in the Kiwi NBL at the Tuatara, has decided to retire from the Aussie League. Lowe played 173 Aussie NBL games, including 145 for the Breakers, and he was a key figure for them last season en route to their run to the championship series against the Sydney Kings as well. He said, retiring from the Breakers has not been an easy decision. From the early days as part of the academy to now, I've enjoyed a great career and made some lifelong friends. And uh, in terms of uh, the golf as well, the World Test Championship started overnight. We had, of course, a live coverage here on SENZ, and you can tune in again tonight from 9 o'clock for more of that. Uh, India won the toss and decided to put the Aussies into bat. Started all right, they took Usman Kawaja early for a duck, but then David Warner posted 43, Marcus Labuschagne uh, scored 26, and uh, the Aussies ended the day 327 for three, 
Steve Smith, 95 not out. Travis Head, 146 not out. So you've got to say the Aussies are well and truly in control of the World Test Championship as things stand. As your sports news headline, trades and builds. Power your business with Bunnings Trade. Power pass. It is seven away from seven. When we come back, it's Love Racing with Tony Kemp. Support your aches and pains with Deep Heat Original Heat Rub. 200 grams from Chemist Warehouse. Now fourteen thirty nine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Analyst is on the scene quickly out deeper. Serena's spirits there in the firing line. Happier further back marketplace. Nothing closing. Analyst went past now of Carter Russell who fights. And El Zorro's getting its second win over on the inside. Analyst, El Zorro, Carter Russell, Serena's spirit with a late surge. But Analyst, Analyst in a slogging go beats Serena's spirit. There between them, Carter Russell and over on the inside. There you go. If you got on yesterday, 672.30 analysts getting up on the line. And we know that Mark, uh, one of our great listeners, he got on yesterday and got paid. Um, there's racing down at Taranaki today. I'm going to head out in Kempe's kicker, a couple that I think is a good multi. It's paying about eight bucks. Um, but just to let you know, last week's Kempe's kicker, we had a little we had a little punt with the um, on my one. We took Just Ask Me New Zealand Warriors and Denver Nuggets, and I instead of backing the Denver Nuggets to win the series, I backed your Denver Nuggets to win the first game, which they did. So you got paid, and we've got uh, oh, there's about eighty eight bucks coming your way in Kempe's kicker. So paid one hundred and seventy six bucks that little multi on Kempe's kicker. That's come that's coming up as well. So if you've got a bet today on Love Racing, find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz for me and Izzy today. Kempe's kicker is on again. You get a chance to split that with us if we choose one and it comes in. Here's the little tip for races down there today. I've actually got a first starter. He's called Mr Didgeridoo, um, but I'm not going to back him. In that race, I want uh, out of focus a place at $1.80 and Lazio in the next race to win at 4 bucks. It's paying about $7.50. So if you don't have a bet today, that's uh, number one out of, out of focus into Lazio race uh, three for a win. Um, and yeah, let's all get on and hopefully get paid. That's uh, grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race they near you. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Oh, DJ Keza coming through with the loop. Remix. Remix. There you go. A bit of Kings of Leon to get your morning started. Honestly, oh, it's been a, it's been a task trying to get a new song played, but that's all right. We're coming through with a bit of Kings of Leon to get you through our Thursday morning. It's been a big morning already. We've been talking golf with Robert Lucich over in America. Hopefully I said his name right. Probably didn't, but that's okay. Apologies for that. Um, but we're going to be talking to Josh Morby shortly about the Hurricanes. They're taking on the Brumbies in quarterfinal over in Canberra this weekend. We'll chat to Josh Morby shortly. And we've got Quizzy Dag at 7.40 this morning giving you a chance to win a $100 TAB bonus bet because yesterday it wasn't won. So today is the day for a big one. And Kempe's kicker as well. Send through those tips. There's a couple coming through. And I'll pick one of you to go on, jump on board with myself. And if it comes through, you get half of the winnings. And if it loses, well, 
unlucky. But like Kev last week, we took Secure Girl and obviously didn't get the job done. But that's okay. Got your chance between seven and eight to send through a message and uh, come and be a part of Kempi's Kicker with Kempi and myself. But right now, it's now time to talk some rugby as the Hurricanes head over to Canberra to try and uh, well do last year's injustice of obviously losing the quarterfinal over in uh, Canberra last year. They had a difficult time. It was cold. It was miserable. But this year, they've got confidence because they knocked off the Crusaders, which brings back similarities to the, the way the game has been played, structured, Love the set piece. Well, the Hurricanes disrupted the Crusaders last weekend. We'll go over with a whole lot of confidence. And one man is full of it and uh, absolutely loving the way he is playing. Not full of himself, full of confidence I was kind of meaning. I don't know where I'm going with not, this, but Josh Morby, full of it. Good morning, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're not full of it, mate. You're full of confidence. How are you doing? <laughs> no, nah, good, mate. No, nah, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. That's what happens when you freestyle with Dag on a seven morning, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, Josh, obviously um, you, you're going into this game with a hell of a lot of confidence after last weekend. 17, uh, I think it was 19-7 down at half time. You went and you just scored before half time. You made the adjustments. You come out and you got over the Crusaders. So this week you must be full of confidence heading over to Canberra knowing you can get the job done. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, yeah, last week, uh, some people might have thought it was a, you know, a nothing game as we're already sort of um, preparing to go to, to Canberra. But I'm um, not proud of the way we, we stuck in it and took it to the Crusaders and obviously got that win and gave ourselves a, a whole lot of confidence um, going into this weekend. So, um, yeah, obviously it's going to be a, a tough challenge in Canberra, as it always is, um, playing the Brumbies over there. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're feeling pretty confident about... Um, what we've done this week and we've built in nicely so um, yeah bring on Saturday. Josh it's Kempi mate thanks for joining us this morning mate, what, what have you really liked about your uh, I guess your journey to the quarterfinals this year uh, with the with the Hurricanes you know you've got um, plenty of movement in that squad and, and players too that that are, are very very good footballers what's what's the best thing to come out of the Hurricanes this year? Yeah I think it's um, I think the best thing is how how season's gone, like we've started off very strong and then obviously had a tough patch through that middle, but um, now we've ended strong as well. So um, I think it's it's been one of those years where now we can just forget about what's happened through that, that round robin and take the take the confidence that um, we've built through the year. And um, yeah, like you said, we've had a lot of players that have uh, been out through injury at the start of the year and that are they're coming back into the team now and um, just goes to show the depth that, that we have here in, in the Hurricanes that, um, you know, Players are able to step up and um, you know fill that role, and you know it, it doesn't matter who's who's on that 23 squad; they're, they're there to do the job, and I think that's been um, a pretty positive thing for us this year. And, and what about your role, Josh? I, I think you, you've gone outstanding the last couple of years. You've played a bit of wing, you've played fullback. What, what position do you really, really relish in and, and, and want to play a lot more? You're going extremely well at fullback, but your form over the last couple of years, you must be pretty pretty happy with how things are going. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, uh, I've always wanted to want to play Super Rugby. When I got the opportunity last year uh, from Jason, it was mm. it was um, something I wanted to take with both hands. And um, yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm enjoying playing at 15, and uh, I do like playing there. But um, you know, if I was to have to play on the wing or anywhere else, I, I'd do that do that happily as well. I mean, um, 
at the end of the day, I just want to get on the field and um, play for the Hurricanes. <laughs> You've benefited a lot from uh, a certain Geordie Barrett deciding he wants to play 12. Um, how often last season in training were you like, bro, you should be in 12? You should be in 12, bro. <laughs> like, you're, you're made for 12, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put him a couple of treats here and there. Uh, <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, he's, he's one of those guys that can, you know, you put him anywhere and he's, he's going to do an unreal job. So um, you're obviously pretty pretty lucky that he's um, found a home at 12. <laughs> Mate, how do, how do you go to to Brumbies? You, you obviously tripped, you, you got one over them this year at home. Um, they're a different beast. Do you take a lot of similarities from the way you approached the Crusaders game, knowing what they have to offer? They're a really set-piece orientated team. You disrupted the Crusaders by playing an unstructured game. Is that similar to what we're going to see this week? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, everyone knows how, how dangerous the, the Brumbies mall is, so if you give, it, give them you know, any any chance inside, you know, they're 22, it's um, you're asking for trouble. So, yeah, it's, it's just keeping them keeping them out of that, their, our, you know, defensive area and, um, yeah, sticking to our sort of our Hurricanes um, way of playing rugby. And, um, no, nah, it's going to be an exciting night on, on Saturday, that's for sure. Hey, Josh, and what about the naming of Clark Laidlaw? Has that played any um, significant uh, or had any significant impact in the in the um, run into the quarters? Like, is it is it boosted the Hurricanes, or you know, what are your boys talking about? Clark coming there um, down there to the franchise? Yeah, yeah. Like we've um, uh, talked about it, uh, or oh, probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, our we're, we've been let we know that um, Clark was taking the key role and. Um, yeah, it's good. Like we um, obviously uh, we got to know that that was going to happen, and I think it was um, good for us that we could, you know, make that apparent, and then um, you know, sort of work towards the work, work towards the quarterfinal with with the coaching staff we've got now. And um, yeah, Clark's obviously an exceptional coach. He's done very well for sevens, and I'm sure he'll do well for twenties this year. And um, no, it's a, a, it's going to be a good time when he comes on board, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. All right, we'll just park the code chat for a wee bit because Josh Morby, everyone knows you, you know, playing rugby and and playing for the Hurricanes, but you're you're quite a private bloke. So you know, can you give us a little insight to what you you get up to? You know, what really, what are your passions? What are your interests outside of sport? Because reality is, you're playing extremely well on the field. Everyone knows that, but off the field, what do you get up to? Um, oh, not a lot, not a lot. Um, Oh, I've grown up on a dairy farm, so if I can get back home, I, I try to get back there and help out dad and mum, mum there. But um, uh, at the moment, while I'm in Wellington, I, I do a bit of golfing, so uh, I struggle away. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going out with those sharks, are you? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Jordy um, asks us along, and oh, it's a tough day going home. You feel just feel like <laughs> quite bad. Eh? You've got to got to try and find your ball all the time and, and stuff like that, but. Nah, it's good to get out. Yeah, so a bit of golf at the moment. Bit of golf? <laughs> I can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> bit of, it sounds like me, mate. Bit of hack. Bit of hack, Josh. Um, what's it like, though, playing you know, in a team with, with so many guys that have been there, done that, and how much are you picking up from those guys? I mean, I think, you know, obviously, Geordie, we talked about him and the fact that you're playing in a position that uh, he made his own with the All Blacks and with the Canes. Uh, but also, you know, guys like uh, Dane Coles, who... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's a, a, some, a bloke better in the game of rugby at, at the shithousery and winding up the oppo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you could see it a, a textbook example <laughs> in the weekend. But um, yeah, nah, it's cool. It's awesome. Like you can, you've got Geordie there. You can just ask, you know, whatever you need to want to learn about, and he, he's just there. Um, 
and he, he, he sort of helps out quite a bit. Um, last year and this year, obviously, he's got still got a 15 brain on him, so um, it's quite good if I'm struggling with something or um, wondering how to do a, a thing differently, then I can just go straight to him. And yeah, obviously, if <laughs> you think about getting into somebody's head, you just go straight to Colsey. But um, <laughs> nah, it's awesome having those blokes around. And, um, you know, like you said, I've been there and at the top level, and it's just cool, um, you know, learning little things off them and um, how to be a better rugby player and in and, and person off the field as well. Oh, Colsey. Man, he cracks me up. I love the way he plays, but he's an absolute meathead when he's on the opposition. He loved winding me up, and he got into my head. Everyone in that Hurricanes outfit got into my head because my good mate, he's coaching you, Corey Jane, mate. Look, tell me about your, your relationship with Siege and uh, you know what he's been able to do for your game. Obviously, you would have watched him growing up. Have you really enjoyed his coaching style? Yeah, yeah, loved it. He's, um, he's, he's one of a kind. He's an awesome fella to have around and um, yeah, yeah, our relationship's pretty good. So I get to talk to Steve quite a bit, obviously, about about playing 15 or, or on the wing and just different things that he's done in the backfield. So, um, nah, it's cool having him there and obviously such a top bloke too. So, it's um, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah, in that in that game, what did Siege say at half time? Because in that game against the Crusaders, they were getting a lot of um, gains on the edge, particularly on the outsides. I think they exposed you around that centre wing area, and then you come out at half time, you really made some good adjustments there. What what was the message from Siege in that game? No, it was just um, obviously just to hold our width a little bit more. Um, they were burning us on the outside, so yeah, that was it. Just having our connection um, in that space and. Yeah, it's, it's awesome having him there so he can tell us that and straight away, you know, we're able to, to fix that. And um, I don't think they got us too badly. It was only maybe one. But, um, no, nah, like you said, we were able to shut them down in the second half. So, no, nah, it's good. It was awesome. Mate, there's a team that is going to be named in July, the All Blacks 15. I know you won't say it because you're a humble man, but I've made a selection here. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You get down to 15, there's two names I'll put on there. I'll put Stevenson and I'll put Josh Morby. Is that something you're eyeing up? Uh, hopefully, you know, but um, at the end of the day, it's just um, tr- I'm just trying to play good rugby for the Hurricanes and hopefully we can go all the way to that final and, and win that. So um, that's the first thing at the moment. <laughs> nice awesome. work. Nice work, Josh. Uh, yeah, living in Wellington now, mate, has, uh, have you turned into a coffee snob or are you, 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 you're still just doing <laughs> yeah. the old... You're ordering, cup- a, you're ordering a black and white? Oh, yeah, you can <laughs> A couple of spoons in this cafe straight out of the jar. What do you? What's your go-to? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, nah, still on the Milo's at home, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, he'd, he'd be nah. a prefab snob, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, too bad. It's a good place to live. Eh? It's um, pretty entertaining. You know, there's quite a bit of stuff to do here, so actually, <laughs> nah, it's a good place. Haven't, haven't quite got into the coffees yet, but. Um, yeah, it's probably turning that way, Shane. Turning on, mate. The mocker is your gateway. Mocker is your gateway. <laughs> uh, Don't do it. So, so certainly, <laughs> certainly different, mate. Wellington to the bright lights of TA, where you grew up. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And then, uh, yeah, a little bit bigger than when we went down to Invercargill as well, obviously. Yeah, indeed, mate. Indeed. Oh, Josh, listen, mate. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Best of luck uh, over in uh, in in Canberra this weekend, and uh, yeah, hopefully you knock those buggers out. We're gonna have four, you know, four Kiwi teams in the semi-finals. No, awesome. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you very much. No worries. Go well, Josh Morby. There out of the Hurricane, sixteen past seven, and uh, yeah, he's been going. He's been going pretty well, uh, boys. Since uh, since you know he got that opportunity, what a year or two ago, and you know mm. now that Geordie's moved. Full time to fullback. He's that that fifteen jersey is effectively his at the Canes, isn't it? 
Yeah, and and, yeah, good, he's... and good to have someone like Geordie there too, eh, is he? You know, um, mm. I just I'm really interested around your 15, and you'll name that later on. But mate, you you seriously think Sean Stevenson's not going to get named in the All Black team? Uh, I think I think so, Kimpy. I just I, I'm trying to find room for him. Oh, I think he warrants selection 100. percent It all depends on Will Jordan, really. And is his head right? I've still got we've a few doubts on that. If his head's not right, then potentially I think he's going to get he's going to be hard done by. That, mm. That's just me. Look, I I think he warrants selection 100. percent He's been outstanding this year, um, but yeah, I just think he's going to be the hard luck story of that section. I hope to be proved wrong and. I probably will be because I can't pick anything at the moment, but that's okay. Um, but do you want me to rattle off my name, my list? I'll, I'll yeah. just quickly rattle it off for you. Yeah, shoot off, eh? So my AB's 15. I've gone Aiden Ross, um, Brody McAllister, Hooker, Nepo La La La. I've gone Quinn Strange, Tupo Vai for the locking department. And I think Luke Jacobson's going to be captain at six. Look, I think it's a he's going really well. Uh, whether he's he's done enough, I hope I get proved wrong there. I've gone seven. I've gone Christie and Karifi. I think they've uh, they're probably the the next best, other than um, Billy Harmon. You know, potentially chuck Billy Harmon in there or Sammy Kane. He'll be captain of the the All Blacks. Braden Yuase for number eight for the Hurricanes. Uh, then at nine you've got Ratama and Hotham. Uh, they will be dominating the, the nine position. I've gone Stephen Pirafita at ten, and I think the hard one that's going to lose his spot potentially in that All Blacks. He's injured at the moment, and I don't know if he's done enough. There's too many quality players playing well. As Caleb Clark will start on the left wing, uh, and then you've gone Bryce Heen at number twelve with Elevi Omoa um, to hold him down that twelve position. Braden Eno is thirteen, Imoni Narawa fourteen, and then Stevenson. Morby at the back. That's where I'm kind of leading to. Many of them have still got an opportunity to make that squad, but I think uh, I might might go closer. Might go closer. A question for you about Bryce Heen, 34. Mm. Uh, And what is effectively a team that you're looking at as a, uh, you know, up-and-comers? Does he make that team, Mm. or or do you look at someone? uh, The the rumour is that Thomas Humunga Jensen's moving to the Blues. Do you look at him, because does that put him back in all-black contention? Yeah, if you're looking for the future, Thomas Umunga Jensen is is playing great for the for a struggling Highlanders outfit. He stands out in that team. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean, Bryce Heem. I just think his form this year probably gives him an opportunity. Ages obviously the barrier there. Uh, Levi Omoa, and then you got Thomas Umunga Jensen. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see where Leon goes. And what about that um, Semipeni Finau from the Chiefs? Like that, that kid, I've watched him a few times. I think he's not too far off in that loose uh, forward trio. He's got a bit of height too uh, about him. What, how far off do you think he is from those uh, that selection? I think he's really close, Kempi. I think he's um, pretty close. The selectors would have seen him. If he's not in that all-black squad, he'll definitely be in this squad, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you heard Rito talk about him. You want that utility factor, great line-out opportunity. That is where they're lacking at the moment. You need that six to be a genuine opportunity in the line-out. And you've got Scott Barrett who can do that, but on the weekend there was a uh, Braden Yuasi went down the short side. He kind of got caught out there a wee bit. Um, the nine didn't help his calls. But, oh, so um, you're thinking yeah. he, he actually makes a squad, the, the championship squad? Oh, I think he'll go close, yeah. yeah. If it goes close, he'll be in this squad. 100% starting, whether they chuck Jacobson at eight and then put him at six, he'll go close to that squad or he'll definitely be in the squad. Mm. I actually reckon Tupu Vai makes the All Black squad, and but you might see somebody like uh, 
uh, Arkoi out of the Chiefs maybe in this in this championship squad because I think Finau's a much better player than Arkoi, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah, certainly a few options, a few young players coming around that play six or lock. Um, so mm. yeah, yeah it'd be interesting. Can you get your thoughts? Double eight, double three, Temper bedpost text machine or 0800 Up next, Kempe is off the back fence. You're on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. After the huge news yesterday surrounding international golf, I find myself questioning some fundamental values. Where does our level of comfort sit with morality and money in sport? Most of us have a lot of empathy and support for all blacks who want to play for wealthy overseas clubs later in their careers. It's seen as a well-deserved way to grow a legacy and support their family. Most people think that's fair. Would you agree? But what happens when a country that is so rich decides to disrupt an institution that previously was unmovable by simply having a bigger wad of cash? How does this sit with people's well-documented concerns for human rights in that country? And the question has to be asked, how do you feel about this? How would you feel if an All Black could earn twice as much money in France but now can earn 10 times more in a Saudi rebel competition? What if Richie McCaw came out like the shark Greg Norman and led a rebellion against the NZR? Now how do you feel? At which point do we say the compromises to be made, whether human or legacy, are not worth the money? It feels like a spectrum. At what point is something simply not worth the price to be paid? And who can judge this? Money seems to change morality and standards. What are you worth? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, it's interesting you say that, Kempi. Um, news just come through that Leicester Flying Anuku is off to France next year to chase the big dollars, the big bucks that is on offer over there. Do I question him leaving at a young age? I'm thinking from a selfish point of view, yeah, I love to see him in the All Blacks, but then from a personal point of view, his opportunity to go and earn big bucks for a very long time so I can handle that and well done and good on him. Obviously going to miss what he's been able to offer. Um, But your point, talking about what's going on and and what's happening in the world of sport, I'd like to throw this question to you, Kempe. If if an opportunity arose for you back in in the day for a team, say Saudi Arabia had an awesome rugby league competition and they threw a ton of money at you, what what would you do? As a as a young as a young bloke, I would probably I would have probably taken the money, you know you know because I wouldn't have had the knowledge or the support around to educate my decision. Um, as a not see, and this is the this is the the morality issue that I'm even struggling to to contend with myself. Um, if it was you know I'm a coach and I'm being asked now to go and. Um, play uh, coach in a rebel competition in Saudi Arabia, you know, because Saudi Arabia's come out and like this isn't this isn't this. That's what I mean. Because it starts to become a spectrum. What if Saudi Arabia decides to take on the NRL? Yeah, mm. and they and, and and it's happened before. Super League came in and took on the NRL. You know what I mean? They took on the ARL, and they had a Super League. They had this packer um, 
Murdoch fight to, to try and get these two competitions going. Let's, let's just say the $600 billion um, pool, they've gone, well, actually, we want to own the NRL now, and we want to create an, an eight-team competition, and, and we're going to go and buy everyone up. Now, as a as a 50-plus um, old male that, that has some... Um, some values around what's actually happened in that country, I'd have to say the money wouldn't really mean a hell of a lot to me. Mm. You know? But as a player, the question you asked me, if that was me as a player back then, mate, I didn't have the I didn't have the knowledge that I have today. And that's that's where I think this is this is, you know, where where do people sit? And and I, I hear the purest stuff. I hear the purest stuff. But I, how often how how many times are we just gonna let cronyism take over and um, sweep stuff under the carpet because that that history still doesn't go away. Here's a question for you. Brad sent this text through. Leicester's no longer in my AB squad. Uh, how much impact are these are these decisions having now? I mean, Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith, uh, Richie Mwanga, those guys probably slightly different <laughs> towards the end of their All Black careers, but guys like Leicester, when we saw it, I, I, I always harp back to the Charles Piertow situation. You know, that was one that New Zealand Rugby thought they could hang their hat on as a future All Black for the next five to six years. He went and they dropped him immediately. Is Whanganuku now out of All Black contention? Well, Artie's out of contention too. He's off. Hmm. Is, See you but, later. is that? But is that like in your in your all seriousness? Because that's a great yeah. question. Yeah. You know, Lester Fainuku comes out and says, "I'm gone." Does that mean Artie's yeah. gone? Look, I I know what they're saying, but um, like, do do we want to win this? And Lester, with the way he's playing, is potentially going to help us win it. And I know we want to plan for the future, but. You know, like we we have to take the sh- the best team over there. If Caleb Clark was playing better than Leicester, I'd take Caleb Clark over Leicester one hundred percent because he's staying here. He's submitted his opportunity to play on New Zealand, but he's not playing better than Leicester. So that, that for me just can't warrant. That's that's ele- I, I want the best team that's going to win us this tournament. I think that's that's my thought. Point. Not because he's a crusader, not because I know Leicester. This is about winning, and I, I, I need. I think Leicester's. Going to win it for or help us go along that. If Caleb Clark could find some form in short time, he's injured at the moment, then I'd happily take him. Or if there's someone else better, is there someone else better? You know, Nanai Satoru, could he go on and, and be better than Leicester? Yeah, those are the questions we want answered. Uh, great off the back fence from Kempe. Stir all sorts Love of it, debate. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bedpost text machine. Send us through your thoughts on that one. We're going to uh, come back shortly with some headlines. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Together, we're building and shaping New Zealand. Time for sports headlines with Ken Antai. Too easy weekend. You recognise that music, boys? That was the intro uh, intro music for a very famous wrestler called the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik. He was actually mates. He, he, he was in the army with Saddam Hussein, and was uh, is that nineteen seventy? No, it was early eighties. Early eighties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're not far away. But the Iron Sheik, uh, standout Greco Roman wrestler from Iran, who gained global fame in professional wrestling with his nineteen eighties rivalries with the likes of Hulk Hogan. He died 
yesterday at the age of 81. Sheikha's real name was Hussain Khosrow Al-Zavari, was the world WWF heavyweight champion inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. He had legendary battles against Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund and Sergeant Slaughter. So he, so he beat Backlund for the WWF title in December 83. And a month later, Hulk Hogan defeated him in front of 20,000 at Madison Square Garden to win the belt for the first time and help catapult Hulkamania into the phenomenon that we know it is. So rest in peace, the Iron Sheik, uh, he has left us. Uh, speaking of leaving us, Ali Timu was left out of the Silver Ferns World Cup squad yesterday and she has turned around and gone, well, that's me then, I'm done. And she is leaving New Zealand netball. She is relocating to Australia to be with her partner Isaiah Papali and she's going to play her netball in Australia from now by the sounds of things. So She'll be playing for the Diamonds next year. Yeah, mate, well, you, you're probably not too far don't off. Even, uncle, don't, <laughs> don't even, uncle. Don't even, uncle. Uh, and it's all official. Official, official, official. Lionel Messi has confirmed he is joining Major League Soccer side, the one owned by David Beckham, into Miami when his contract with PSG expires at the end of the month. He had received lucrative offers to go to Saudi Arabia with Al-Halal, but he turned those down. Barcelona wanted to re-sign him, but they couldn't make the financial fair play stuff work because they're in a pile of poo financially. So he has gone, you know what, I'm going to go to the US and join Beckham uh, and play for Inter-Miami. So uh, he is off there. At the end of uh, this He's month. He's going to carve up in that competition. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, and into Miami, you've just sacked their coach Welcome as well. Welcome to so. Miami. Yummy, yummy, yummy. That is going to be, they're going to have their pick. They're going to have their pick of coaches down because you get to coach a team with Lionel Messi in it and, uh, you know, probably a damn good chance of getting a title and uh, putting that on your you, CV. You think of this. You think of the, the cleverness from David Beckham. They've gone through a deal, sharing deal with Adidas and Apple TV, so that's how they've brokered this deal. It's a €50 million Euro per season for four seasons, a, pencil, a potential chance for him to own a team in the MLS. So this deal has been brokered by the one and only David Beckham. He's turned down €1.2 billion Euros to pay at, play it in Saudi Arabia for Al-Hilal and the team over there. This is huge. Oh, so He's absolutely massive. And somebody turning down the big dollars out of Saudi Arabia. Who would have thunk it? Eh? Who would have thunk it to go to the MLS? He's seeing the bigger picture, obviously. He's my new favourite player. There you go. Lionel Messi. <laughs> yeah, you, you never heard of him before, Kempi. Uh, there we go. Uh, that's your sports news headlines. Thanks to Ken Tire. Too easy weekend. Two days higher for the price of one. Visit a branch of ATs and C's apply. Now, last hour, we had Robert Lucetich on to talk the uh, golf situation. And that meant we bumped Izzy Dag's Quizzy Dag, so we're going to do that next. 0800 150 811, 0800 150 $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. If you can beat the Ismaster Quizmaster, it is 22 away from 8. This warehouse, you're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. No matter what you ask me, try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty. Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, get the phone's lights ringing. Came to get paid, we came to get paid. So get on your phones and dial now. Call now, 0800. Call now, 150. Call now, 811. Call now, call now and get paid. Hey, 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 hey. 
Yes, let's rip straight into it. 740, we're doing the quiz. Oh, it feels weird, but that's okay. We've got some new callers coming through. They've all woken up, and all the text machine has woken up too, Cameron. I'll get to your message shortly. All right, mate, let's rip straight into it. Go to Dean in Auckland. Morning, Dean. Hey, morning. Here we go, Dino. Good luck, mate. 100 bucks up for grabs today. Here we go. Which province did Josh Morby play MPC for last season? Uh, I don't know. Northland? Bang! Ooh. On the money. There you go. Good start, mate. Here we go. Question number two. Which Breakers player pulled the pin on his AMBL career yesterday? Oh, Big Rob Lowe. Big Rob Lowe, young age of 31 for family reasons. Going to be gutted to miss him in the breakers season, but that's okay, he's made that decision. Here we go, question number three. The Silver's, Silver Ferns World Cup squad was named yesterday. How many of the 12 strong squad will be going to the fir their first World Cup? Oh, I have a guess, uh, five. Five is incorrect, Dean. Have a good day, mate. Appreciate your call. Nick from Wellington. Morning, Nick. Mate, you're full of it, is. <laughs> What's happening, mate? Talk to me. You forgot the, you forgot the weekend or what? You keep, it, nah, keep what, that up to my, ho my hurricanes, boys. I've got to get Kempe to give you the old left, right, good night. <laughs> what happened? You, were good, you, you told Morby you were full you? of it. <laughs> Did you win yeah. the round robin game? Well, well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Week before the finals, hey, big game, isn't it? Hey, Nick. Enjoy your, enjoy your last week. Here we go. The Silver <laughs> <Ford> squad <laughs> was named yesterday. How many of the 12 squad, strong squad will gain their first World Cup? Oh, maybe three. You're full of it. Get out of here. <laughs> See you, Nick. <laughs> Appreciate your call, mate. Troy. There you go, Troy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, good, 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 good. Silver Fern squad. Named yesterday. How many of the 12 strong squad will be going to their first World Cup? Is it six? Six is correct. Question number four. What milestone will, will, will Jared Croker... Bring up against the Warriors this weekend. Uh, 300 games. 300 NRL appearances. Question number five, mate. This is your chance to take home 100 bucks. If not, it jackpots to 150 tomorrow. The top three try scorers at Rugby World Cup 2003 were all blacks. We're all all blacks. Name them. Uh. 2003, so there'll be Joe Rocker Coco will be one. Yep. Um, Andy, is there any uh, clues on the last question, or just uh, yep. 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 we'll give you a clue. Yep, they're all outside backs. Okay, all outside backs. So, uh, 2003, uh, who was then? Dougie Yep, one more. And the fullback we're looking at there, 2003. Three, um, two, Sally was one. Come on, hurry up, one Tuiaba? <laughs> it's not Tuiaba. I'll give you the answer. It was Malili Mills Muliaina was seven.
Sorry, Troy. You were close. No, that's good for you. No cigar. All good, mate. Appreciate your call. That is tire. That is enough for Quizzy Dag. We're going to come back tomorrow. $150 big ones for our Friday to give away to you, our wonderful listeners. There you go, boys. Quizzy Dag. Quizzy Dag. Uh, 12 away so from close. 8. Uh, we're going to have Pacing for Purpose coming up shortly. Give you a tip on a uh, on, on a harness race uh, out of Invercargill tomorrow when we come back. Also, don't forget, Kem- Kempi's Kicker is still alive. If you've got an option for Kempi's Kicker, send it through to us now. Double eight, double three. A bet that you want to get in with Kempi. Kempi will lay the money and he'll split the winnings with you. So flick those texts through now. Double eight, double three. A bet for this weekend. It is 11 away from 8 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Six away from eight o'clock. Uh, our charity, of course, is the uh, Child Cancer Foundation. So any money we make on Pacing for Purpose uh, goes to the Child Cancer Foundation. And our uh, boys are going to say we need to lift our game. Uh, we've just been overtaken by afternoon. So out of the four shows, uh. we currently rank fourth. Uh, so we've got a bit of work to do. So hopefully mm. this comes in for us tomorrow. Race five. Number seven, Galleon's Future at Invercargill. It's dropped down in the grades, but had a very nice third last start. So looks a pretty solid bet. So that is the one we are looking at to get us back on deck, back on top, and back over the top of afternoons. And, and into four figures, is he? We need to. We need to do something. So last weekend we went no good. Is that Charlie's pick again? Yeah. Okay, we're going to drop We're going to drop Charlie. We're, we're dropping Charlie. Picks. Okay, we're going to do our own picks. Did okay. you hear that, Charlie? You dropped. You got it. You're gone, you're toast. <laughs> Get back to reserve, Craig. Uh, speak, speaking of uh, getting punts on, it is to, uh, Kempi's Kicker. We're doing it uh, every Thursday where you text in and uh, Kempi will pick a bet, Izzy will pick a bet. They'll chuck 50 bucks on each. If your bet comes in, they'll pay you half, they'll keep half. That's kind of how it works. Fill the beer fridge for you for the upcoming weekend and uh, plenty of options coming through, Kempi. There's a lot of options coming through and everyone's gone from uh, harness racing to um, the league and the biggest one is about the rugby this weekend because obviously we've got the quarterfinals coming on. Uh, so what we're going to do today, me and Izzy, we're going to multi up a um, a kicker today and this is the last week for a kicker because next week we're going to start a segment with a bit of uh, bit of music and uh, we've got just some... Uh, some some more fun to have with Kempi's kicker. We're just going to extend it a little bit. But um, if you have, are lucky enough to get it, like we said, and that multi comes in, we'll split that with you. Uh, the last mm. person, I think it, uh, I haven't got the, the number through yet, um, had that little bet with me, was just asked me um, into the Warriors' win. And, of course, it was the Nuggets to win... Uh, the actual title, but I just took the first game, which was uh, well, he'll get uh, 88 bucks straight back into his account uh, later on today once he sends that through. So I've chosen one. I've gone with uh, John and my multi, and as he's chosen one, uh, John, uh, well, I'm going to take the blues between 11 and 20. Uh, it's paying $3.70, and we're going to multi it into yours, Izzy. What's yours? I've gone Belladonna Lily, race two today for Kempi's Kicker. That is with Cam from Cambridge. So, Cam, you are lucky enough to jump on Kempi's Kicker. If that gets up, you get half of the winnings there. So, thank you, Paulie, for sending you through that uh, bonus bet as well. Yeah, Beautiful. fantastic. Well done, mate. Well done. Thank you, Paulie. Mighty, we'll catch up with him, actually, a little bit later on in the next hour. We have been getting a heap of texts through on 8833, the uh, Temper <laughs> Post text machine. Uh, talking a few things, uh, we're talking the golf, of course, and uh, whether you'll keep watching it now that, uh, you know, Liv have effectively won the battle. Uh, we're also talking about, uh, you know, sort of blood money and sport, if you like. And Izzy gave us his All Black 15 to play Japan as well, and who'll be there, who won't be there. And you've copped a bit of stick, Izzy. It's Got to be, got to be said. 
Oh, I've copped a bit of stick because I'm one-eyed, and that's fair enough. <laughs> that is fair enough. Ca- Cameron's come through. Israel, Israel, Israel. Take off the red and black glasses. Stevenson every day makes the All Blacks the, the form. He's a form player and all the confidence in the world. If we are to win the World Cup, we need players like in red-hot form, much like yourself in 2011 and Nehi Milnuskara in 2015, picking a tentative, tentative, sorry, out of form. Will Jordan would be a big mistake. He should go with All Blacks 15, but definitely not Hotham. And Christy, not all Crusaders make good All Blacks. Well, most of them do. But, um, <laughs> mate, I, I'm hearing your comments there. And, look, I, I'll i have to you know, rephrase what I'm, what I'm saying. So they'll take four outside backs. That's what they did in 2011, 2015. So if you look at those four outside backs, you, you look, Will Jordan, he's, he does look a little bit tentative, I must admit. Um, the, the, I think there's a few more problems with his with his head, but is that enough to to keep him out? I think Foster has got nothing to lose, so he will go over. He'll take Leicester. He doesn't care about the future of the All Blacks. Oh, it's hard for me to say that, but this is his last throw at it. He wants the best players. So Leicester goes with Mark Talia, with Will Jordan, and if you think about the rest in the mix, with Damian McKenzie covering 10 position as well, they'll probably chuck him in that 10 slot with Bowden Barrett and Richie Moonga. Well, that opens the door up for Sean Stevenson because he can cover 15 and 14. So, yes, I uh, said he would start in this All Blacks 15, but I potentially can see him going to the World Cup, knowing that there's a spot there available for him. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting call. Cool. It's risky, cool. isn't it? Well, that, the thing is, mm. New Zealand rugby traditionally, and you know, if uh, Fozzie is part of that old guard, ten, you know, it's that old saying: it's harder to get out of the All Blacks than to get in them at times. You know, because they, mm. they, 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 what you've done in All Blacks jersey counts for so much. They don't really look at super form, right? I mean, if you're looking at yep. super form, Bowden Barrett wouldn't be going. You wouldn't have Bowden Barrett in mm. the rugby championship squad, right? Yeah, but they'll take him. Yeah, they just will. But you know, that's what I'm saying. It's, that's why yeah. guys like Stevenson could potentially miss out because there will be loyalty mm. to players who maybe aren't playing to the same. He is the best, guys. one of the best outside backs in Super Rugby. Don't mm. get me wrong, 100. percent But yeah, you, you're on the money there. Loyalty. I played horrible through Super Rugby and and got an opportunity to play in the black jersey because I don't know what it was. We just went better in that black jersey. But hey, time will tell. Time will tell. Love that message from you, Cameron. Yeah, indeed. Thank you. Keep the text coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll get to more in the next hour. Also, in the next hour, we're going to uh, hear from Paul Tito, the assistant coach of the Blues, ahead of their big game against the Tars tomorrow night at Eden Park. Right now, it's time for news with Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Through with a, a doozy there for uh, the back room. The kitchen's running hot. Well done, mate. You absolutely nailed that. Bit of words tomorrow will be good, not the instrumental. Can you do that? Note taken, brother. Thank you, Izzy. Lefty uh, game, okay. mate. <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate <laughs> it. We've got a big hour coming up. We've got a lot of reaction. There's plenty of messages coming through. And I think Gary was your Kempi's kicker last week, Kempi. So he sent his message through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. It is now time to talk more Super Rugby, Kempi. Who we got? Yep, and we've got the great man from Taranaki, Don, the amber and black, they call that. Do they call it amber and black or they call it, I'd call it yellow and black, that great Taranaki jersey down there at the bull ring and uh, he's coached many, many teams, including uh, New Plymouth Boys High School there for a while, I'm pretty sure of, and uh, he's now the assistant coach of the Blues, the great man Paul Tito's on the line. Thanks a lot, Paul, for joining us this morning on Izzy and Kippy. How are you this morning? Good morning, boys. How are we going? All good. Thank you very much. Beautiful day here in Auckland. That's good. Hey, mate. Yeah. Obviously, with your gut, with your, your you've got the uh, the the general rounds out of uh, 
out of your system now and you're coming into the what's what they call the money money rounds, the quarterfinals. How are you guys looking? Yeah, hey, we, you know, I think it's been pretty pretty clear that you know we haven't really clicked yet. Um, you know, we've had our moments where we've looked really good, um, but we really haven't put our game together. So that's the that's the plan um, moving forward into into the into the finals footy, as you say. Uh, you know, we've worked bloody hard as a group to to make sure that we're in, in the best shape that we can be uh, for Friday night, and 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 go and uh, show our uh, fans and supporters that. Um, that we've got a real good 80 minutes of of, uh, of rugby coming up. Paul Tito, one of my first uh, teammates there for the Hurricanes. Has Big Yellow been uh, kind yeah. to you up there in the far north there, Teets? Uh, well, hey, the good thing up here, mate, it's rained it's, uh, the whole friggin' time. <laughs> it's been playing up in Auckland, eh? The weather's been shocking. Everyone tells me it rains in Taranaki, and I'm like, well... <laughs> Oh mate, hopefully you got that sunblock on. No, I'm good. I'm good, mate. Just uh, ripping into a, to a three-hour show. We've been talking everything from golf to rugby selections. Obviously, a few selection headaches for for you. So, and you touched on the game. Uh, you know the style of game that you'd like to play. You've 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 struggled between kicking, running the ball. You know, set piece orientated. What what style of game do you want to play, Paul? Well, hey, I think you know the Forbes jobs hasn't changed, eh? Our, our job mm. is to lay the platform. So, um, you know, what I mean, we've we've got some um, some uh, some big bodies in our group, uh, at loose forwards that are dynamic and, and, and can make um, make a mess of defence systems. But you know, what I mean, we just got to worry about ourselves and, and do what we do well. And you know, it's going to start up front. Um, the Waratahs' mm. defence line out is, is really good. Um, you know, their scrums been solid all year. So. You know, Ford's job doesn't change, mate. We've got to we've got to belay the platform so these backs can can do what they do. Talk a bit about though the the Fords then, Paul, because you've lost a couple of key pieces. The last two weeks, you've lost two big locks uh, to broken arms and mm. Sam Derry and Patrick Tuipulotu. How 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 do you think you guys are in terms of depth there, and uh, obviously not having you you probably your, your two best locks available for you for the rest of the season? Yeah, it is. There's no showing away from it's a challenge. Um, we've got two guys uh, that, that get the opportunity this weekend that, that played a lot of rugby at the start of the comp. Um, um, but hey, we've got full trust in them. It's a, it's a squad game these days. Um, injuries come around. Um, you know, just look down in Christchurch how many injuries they've had. Um, mm. and, and for some reason it comes, it comes in twos and, and, and key positions like you say. But hey, we move on. It's it's footy, um, and and these guys get the opportunity, and I'm sure they'll do themselves justice this weekend and, and put on a strong performance that uh, that we all can be proud of. And obviously, confidence knowing that Bowden Barrett's come back from uh, a pretty gnarly Achilles uh, tear, obviously close to the ligaments there. So grateful that he didn't uh, you know slash those ligaments and be unavailable for the rest of the season but how does he fit back into this group mate is he full of confidence and and knowing he's got a job at hand well, i think when he's when he's in the room it's it's a different room um you know he fills the room with confidence mm. and knowing that uh, he's going to lead the ship uh, obviously you've played with him a lot mate so you know he's a mm. he's a full professional and he knows exactly what we need to do um and even at training yesterday uh, you know we the sun was on the back for the first time in a long time, and the boys got amongst it, and we looked really strong. So that's a, that's what we're after on um, 
on Friday night, just having real confidence of going out there and and looking after that ball and, and as you say, being expressing ourselves and and playing some nice footy. Hey Paul, being a league man, I've got to ask about RTS. How's how is Roger and um, is 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 he injury free? Is he you know, is training? Obviously, that is he training the house down. How's he going? Yeah, mate. I've I've been really impressed with Rog. You know, the full professional. He's he's always there um, doing extras, and he's always there recovering and and doing all these things that uh, professional sports people do. Um, you know, what I mean, he's 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 a great player. Um, you know, I mean, he always like even yesterday when he's uh, going against the twenty three, he's he's front in mind, and he, and and he wants to put on um, a good show for the boys, so to prepare them well for the weekend. So. I've got nothing but praise uh, for Rod. He's a he's a top man, and um, you know I wish him I wish him all the best for the future. Yeah, I mean, Paul, the the, the, the conversations around here, as you can imagine, with with Kempe is like, why don't they just let him go so he can play for the Wars before <laughs> the end of the season? Um, <laughs> do you know what the plan is with uh, with Rod? I mean, obviously he's out of contract at the end of this year. Do you expect him to play NPC for Auckland? I wouldn't have a clue how I. I've just got a job, got a job to do here. Um, you know, that's the powers of to be working out that. I don't get paid enough for that kind of carry-on. <laughs> well, talk, talk to us a little bit about your coaching journey then, Paul, because you, you've, you've certainly been around the traps. I mean, uh, you know, as Kempe mentioned, you coached college fo- uh, football in, in the NACI. You were with the, with the Bulls as well. Then you went over to France. You were in Perth with the Western Force. You worked with the Georgians as a, as, as a Fords coach when they beat the Welsh last year as well. And now you're at the Blues. I mean, what's, what, what's, what's that journey been like for you and what's your end goal? Yeah. You sound like my wife, mate. She wants to know where I am too. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, to be fair, it's been it's been a shocking four years. You know, we're all in France. Um, Hayley and the two kids, we're all in France, and then COVID hit. So we sent them home, and and then I said, oh, you know, I'll be back soon, and I got stuck there for eighteen months. So that's how it kind of started. Um, and then yeah, and then obviously I wanted to come come closer to home and, and, and when you're a rugby coach there's not too many jobs normally going around especially when there's COVID and everyone wants to be back in NZ so I kind of put us back from France um, and then coached Wellington for a couple of years um, had good success down there uh, coached opportunity uh, in Super Rugby um, over with the force last year and I had the opportunity to stay there but I knew it wasn't right and I had to come home so bounce back home um and yeah, got got an opportunity through Leon and the Blues and Josh Blackie and, and Andrew Horan. Uh, forever grateful to be back here on New Zealand shores, coaching uh, coaching great rugby players and good athletes, and and looking to improve um, my coaching in a, in a in a strong team and and a great uh, great great uh, team in the Blues. Um, yeah, so that's me. Obviously, I started at, at, at my beloved New Plymouth Boys High, where it all started for me. So I always like to give back. Uh, then I went and coached Old Boys, um, my club. That and, would have been tough. So I think it's a really good way to, to, as young coaches, I think we're all in a rush to, to get to where we want to be. But I think, um, you know, learning from, from what I've done is, you know, take your time and go and see different competitions and, and do different things, and I think you'd be better for it. 
Yeah, taking your time and, and patience is key in the coaching game. Look, there's been a lot of talk up in Auckland about who's going to be taking over from um, Leon McDonald. I think Vern Cotter's leading the run at the moment. So, is, is your future still live with with the Blues, or obviously you know you're gonna ta- you're gonna say it to me? You're gonna say I'm not focusing on that, Israel. I'm focusing on this week. But the reality is, you've got to plan for your future. Is that something you'd love to stay on and, yeah. and do? I'm really grateful for the Blues, like I said, to give me an opportunity. Mm. Um, so I think there's a bit of loyalty there, is he? Um, I'm a pretty... Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like I'm a loyal man. I've been frigging everywhere. But, you know, <laughs> as a player, I, um, you know, as a player, I played for the Hurricanes and I played for Taranaki and I, and I was really proud of those mm. teams and, and obviously cruise off overseas and, and finish my career in Cardiff. But I think as a coach, it's it's a little bit different. You've got to go where there's opportunity and sometimes doors close mm. in one team and and you look at another group, and, and if you want to be a professional coach, then you've got to take those opportunities. So, yeah, um, hey, I'm, I'm loving it here in the Blues. I'd love to stay longer. I'd love to get the kids up and uh, and the family up to move to Auckland and, and live in the big smoke for a bit. Mm. Or, or Teets, I'm going to ask you the question, do you want to go home, back down to Taranaki, and you want to coach them before you move down to the Hurricanes, a team that you used to play for? Have you got aspirations to coach at that that top level? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I'd love to go back to Tamaki one day, but it's all about timing for you. Um, obviously, Barnsley's in there doing a great job. He's got two more years to go, so you know what I mean. Like, it, um, coaching is all about timing, and and I think it, currently, I think my time lies in, in Super Rugby. Um, and then you just don't know where you went. You know, what I mean, I always said I wanted to go back to Cardiff, but and and coach Cardiff one day, but shit, it's a mess in Wales rugby at the moment. That you wouldn't go near it. All right, let's put the focus back on this weekend. You got the Waratahs at home. Obviously, uh, you got past the Highlanders in an a edgy kind of performance. Um, how do you get the job done this weekend up against a pretty wounded, deflated, but passionate, knowing that they want to send Michael Hooper out on a good note? Yeah, I think they'll be disappointed with their performance, obviously, in a weekend against uh, Moana. You know what I mean? And Hoops is, is, has been massive for that group. You know, you look at their back five of. They've been pretty good all year. They've got uh, they've got old mate back from in, um, from suspension, so he'll add plenty of punch and, and vigor in up front. Um, you know, we, we just got to do what we do well. You know, we want to play on top of teams and, and get the ball to space and, and, and get our big men in, in space so they can free themselves up and express themselves. I reckon. Um, you know, we've got a wing that's not going too bad. Uh, let's just feed him <laughs> and, and and give him a little bit of space, and I reckon he'll. He'll go right for us. Mate, you touched on it. Mark Talia. But how do you stop that bloke? Some of the gaps and some of the places he gets through and, and breaks tackles, he's only a small fella. But he is just so strong when he gets through that contact area. Like, how do you get more involvements for Mark Talia in this game? Yeah, well, you know, he, he's hungry for work and, and, you know, he doesn't sit on his wing like the old days, uh, is he? Um, you know, he gets off yeah. his wing and... and and looks for plenty of work, and so mate, he'll get himself in the game. You know, it's just it's just up to everyone else to to make sure that we're going forward, so we can up the, open up that space. And hey, not just for Mark, and we've got Rico, and um, mm. you know, even you know Bryce is back in there this week. Like, you know, what I mean, we'll be punching some holes so and creating space for him, so he can get plenty of touches on the ball. But yeah, no, he's doing something. You know, he's doing something pretty good at the moment. I actually thought about him the other morning. I was like, yeah, we scored those four tries with these and. I was like, shit, one thing I might please wake up this morning. Fuck. 
after one, it's good enough. Hey, imagine four of them. Oh, your head will be yeah, wouldn't be able to fit one. out that door. <laughs> Uh, I would have definitely taken one. <laughs> definitely taken one. All right. Uh, he's a slippery man. Slippery man, Mark Tilly. Uh Just before you go, mate, uh, Caleb Clark, unfortunately, out. Uh, how far away do you reckon he is? Oh, he was touching go this again, to be fair. So, I've, you know I mean? All things going well, I feel that he'll be, he'll be, hey, if we're here, you know, all things going good. Um, on Friday night, we get the job done and we'll see Caleb Clark the following week. Yeah, nice. All right. But hey, on on, on yeah. the other hand, yeah, AJ AJ Lamb gets an opportunity, mate. And you know what rugby's like. Um, mm. you know he gets a, he gets a real opportunity. He's been waiting for this opportunity um, this year. He's been a little bit injured, injury prone, and mm. missed a couple of opportunities. So, you know, he gets his chance, and he's a bloody good rugby player. So let's see it. Yeah, let's see it indeed. All right, mate. Good luck tomorrow night against the Tars, and uh, bring on the semi-finals, eh? Cheers, guys. Have an awesome day, and thanks for your support. No worries. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Paul Cheers, Tito Paul. there with us out of the Blues camp. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he sounds, sounds pretty confident that, that they'll, they'll get it done, is he? He's always confident, Paul Tito. Uh, honestly, when I went to the Hurricanes back in the day, straight out of school, I got to meet him, and I flattered with a guy called Tony Penn, another Taranaki store, and uh, two funniest blokes I've ever met. Paul, every day. Before training, all daggy big yellows angry out there. Make sure you put that sunblock on, kid. Get that sunblock wrap up. Big yellow will get you. Oh, and he's had me stitches. Oh, jeez. Jeez, oh, that's outstanding. Oh. Oh, man, uh, we've had plenty of texts through as well. Double eight, double three, temper bedpost text line. Uh, this one comes through from uh, Brett. Hey, Bro, Cam must be new to our Izzy and Kempi FR now because I've been listening to Izzy discriminate against the mana for two years. Up the mana, up the grubs. <laughs> I have not, Brett. I'm just, it's just reality. And this is your year. Don't disappoint, mate. Don't, dis- Don't no, disappoint. No pressure. Brett. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> it's 819 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. Your aches and pains with Deep Heat Original Heat Rub, 200 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now 14.39. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is 24 past eight. We're going to catch up with Smithy shortly, no doubt. He'll have a big show for you. Great to chat to Paul Tito and uh, Mark's come through. You should have asked him if Caleb Clark is signing with South Sydney. How would Caleb go in the game of NRL, Kempi? Oh, he'd go great guns. Seriously. He'd be <laughs> oh, he'd love to bring the ball back from kick reception. Can you can you imagine it? He'd get he'd have mm-hmm. fifteen to twenty runs a game. Um yep. so and I just think that the way that the way that he played, he'd he'd sort of one of those big wingers in the NRL that would just absolutely explode in it. Mm, I think he'd go great. And I know Lester was chased by the NRL at a young age, straight out of high school. They were really Keen on him, and he was close to going, but obviously Crusaders won that race, and now he's heading off to France, which is unfortunate from Crusaders' point of view, but understand the big money on offer for him over there as well, Rick Dog. Yeah, does it surprise you that he has gone? Um, is he particularly given that, you know, Razor's going to be the All Black coach next season? Um, yeah, from that point of view, it is quite surprising, but then understanding the kind of money that's on offer him for him over there to... To go over and play, well, that's all it is, really. This is this is huge money. 
that Toulon are having to, that have offered him, and they got rid of Cheslin Colby. That's obviously opened up a huge opportunity for the salary cap there. So he's going to be getting paid big bucks. And you touched on it earlier, Kempi, with your off the back fence at a young age. You know the dollar signs really sing out when it comes to that. He's like I've heard things that he didn't. His desire wasn't really to become an All Black. That's what I was kind of hearing. Like it was obviously an awesome opportunity and a great thing that he's ticked off on his list but I think for him and you've touched on it Kempi and I know this is going to fire you up but the All Blacks wasn't his kind of ultimate end goal this is about setting up his future you've got a limited uh, time frame and he's got offered big money so he's, he's gone and, and made that decision to move overseas mm. yeah it's it's legacy building isn't it when he when mm. you know you take um you take that opportunity you've been offered you know an extra couple of zeros on the end of your contract at such an early age and knowing that, geez, if I go over there and play really well, you know, and you have a look at some of those those players that are retiring later on, look at John Afour. Um mm. I'd, I'd love to know what he made. He'd have, he would he would have to have been John Afour. He would have, have to have been one of the um, highest paid ex-All Blacks, wouldn't he? Going over the front. Yeah, he was on huge position. money. He was yeah. on huge money in Bristol Bears. I know that for a fact. And uh, obviously been over there for, for a long time. Yeah, he would have got paid big bucks. Um, but then on the flip side, you look at Leicester's opportunity. Like his brother plays for, for Tonga. And obviously Malakai spoke about it. It's not about the money for them. This is about re- representing their roots, their culture, their village, their family back at home. So, you know, you potentially could see Leicester donning the Tongan jersey in a couple of years, which yeah. might be on his kind of radar. Um, but yeah, he's he's made that decision. I think mainly focused on on the cash that was that offer. And you and you see that in rugby league. You know, that's exactly what the Tongan mm. boys have done for the for 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 rugby league. They've turned down or, um, the international opportunity to play for Australia or New Zealand and gone back to Tonga. Samoa's so doing the same thing. Um, yeah, uh, look, I, I get it. I think you know if you are are from the the island nations, uh, that's what I mean. Again, it's just another. A widening of that fabric and that all black jersey, you know, when when mm. you knew that you had the likes of Johnny Schuster and the Michael Jones, who just did sit wanted to play for the All Blacks. Now it's a bit different. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some great points coming through. Uh, there's been some big money thrown at All Blacks in the past, but generally a bit further along. Guys like, I mean, remember when Carl Heyman went? Is he? I mean, he went mm. for big bucks, right? And he was the best prop in the world at the time. Yeah, and I think that's where the the talking point comes into this one. He's only young. You know, 23, 22, whatever, he is a young player. So he's going to have 10 years max up there in the north. You know, he potentially might come back towards the end. Because not everyone goes overseas and thrives, you know. Like, it's it's a different environment over there. The game is totally different. Is he going to have the same impact that he's able to here at Super Rugby level where he just breaks tackle, he gets in there around the ruck, and he's like a, a loose forward that burrows over the line? Probably not. It's going to be very tough over there, but um, he's getting the opportunity. He's got the big bucks, and we're going to see more of this because the reality is the top six players in New Zealand, Rick and Kempe, they, mm. they get the big big bucks. If you're in the top six, you're going to get paid close to a million dollars a year. If you're outside of that, it's hard, you know, unless you make the team, and that's when your selection fees come into it and bonuses. And that's when you can afford to buy a big farm in North Canterbury. <laughs> Or a big Ret- boat. retire at twenty nine, <laughs> start up a broadcasting career. Again, look, it's a really, it's a really interesting conversation, is because you know, as you know, with the naming of the World Cup just about to happen, in these extended teams that they want to obviously keep them in 
uh, in some type of form before they, they, they go to the World Cup and actually throw it so that they can see which players can actually lift that level. Do, do, you, see, do you see, you know, Leicester, because Leicester could be not a test case. Well, he could be a test case when you think about it. At 23, 22, 23, that decision being something that a lot of 22, 23-year-olds here in New Zealand are looking at, going, man, I'm, I'm actually in Leicester Fainuku's shoes. I'm being, you know, talked about as the next thing mm. um, off the, the next cab off the rank. Actually, actually um, because the managers play a big part in this, don't they? They're the ones that know whether mm. these kids are... Uh, are destined for for the All Black jersey. Can you see Leicester sort of being that catalyst? That I don't know the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yep, I, I can one hundred percent, and it's already happening. Kempi at a lower level, probably you know players outside of school, they make super teams. They're just not quite getting a crack. They're already going to Japan, mm-hmm. so we're losing that tear under. Um, Caleb Trask. Will be, Caleb Trask. You know, New Zealand yeah. rugby will be. They'll be worried with this because. You know, the flow-on effect, the money that's on offer over there is huge. And it's given these guys opportunities. Do you reckon uh, New Zealand rugby's ready for a ghetto law? <laughs> um, they, they, they'll they be thinking about it. It'll be in their thought process whether they're big enough and brave enough to make that decision. Oh, I don't think so. Not right now, but I'm 100% lying. I never, I never thought that the PGA would, tour, would merge with LIV. And they've done it. So <laughs> anything can happen in this day and age. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. This is Ian Kempe for breakfast. Keep your text coming through. Double eight, double three is the Temper Bedpost text line. Up next, the uh, man who brings the party from the TAB, Paulie Mawadi, is with us right now, though. Here is the latest in news and sport with Aroha. Thanks to Kubota, we are building and shaping New Zealand. It's 8.34, it's TAB time, our catch-up with Paulie Mawadi. Bet live on your favourite sports, download the TAB app today. You've got to be a Die Straits fan, don't you, Mr Paulie Mawadi? You'd love that little oh, chat. Athletic Park, 1980, I can't remember now. <laughs> You're not that old, geez. Of course you can remember. You're, you're not the one running into players getting HIA, so you better go and get, just get a little bit of check out, eh? You just maybe had one too many tipples um, on all those wins that you've got, mate. Uh, but a little bit unlucky yesterday. Your tip car, um, I don't think it ran first, it ran second, Taviama. Um, still paid $1.70, so I hope they got on uh, for a place as well. Uh, just to let you know, the one that we tipped out here on Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast Analyst won at $6.70, so there's a couple of people that are pretty happy about that. What have you got for us today, Paulie, down in New Plymouth? Because I see you've <laughs> shut my boy out. No right. one's going to back that. 
Oh, hold on a minute. What have I got? What have you got for us down at New Plymouth today? <laughs> if someone, if there's anyone who's got their finger on the pulse when it comes to Taranaki, it's uh, Mr. Kempe. Um, and I see <laughs> in race three, um, Al Sharok, he's got the favourite there. Number three, Mr. Didgeridoo, um, who is, what, the half-brother to just ask me? Um, 360 into 220. So I'm sure Kempe got a piece of that early on anyway. Uh, and in race four, Al Sharok, here we go again, um, Lazio, who's the half-brother to the uh, Hong Kong Group 1 winner, Lucky Swainis. Um, four dollars into three thirty, and Al Sharok's also got the. I think we're going to have to take a Cornello in race four. So spicy, the uh, full sister to Ginger Nuts. So there's there's a whole lot going down on down in uh, New Plymouth today. And uh, I think can you just say that again? You already know. Stop confusing us. Stop confusing us, Paulie. I just want I just want to hear you say so spicy, so spicy half sister to Ginger Nuts. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'll let uh, Kempe steer punters into the right one down there at New Plymouth today. But we have taken money on both uh, Lazio, who is now the favourite, $4 into three thirty in race four at New Plymouth today. Uh, and so Spicy's also seen a wee bit of action, three eighty into three fifty. So, yeah, it looks like uh, Al Sharok's going to have a big, big day uh, down at New Plymouth today. Well, everyone, uh, everyone will be watching, Paulie. Everyone will be watching. And just like we are at the moment, there's a hell of a tennis match going on um, at the moment. What have, what have you got, Lloyd betting, Rud, Rud up against uh, Rune? Is, Hol, Hol, it, Rune and Casper yeah. Rude, yeah, yeah. Casper um, Rude was up two sets to love, and Rune's picked up the third set. Um, so Rune, $4 to win that uh, match at the moment. Casper Rude, $1.20. Uh, of course, this is a big, uh, quick backup for Holger Rune, who uh, last round had a big five-setter to get through. So um, the longer it goes, you think the harder it'll be for Holger Rune to get over the top of Casper Rude. Um, he sh- he'll be feeling those legs, I'm sure. And he's just drifted out to 425, Holger Rune, to win the match. Casper Rude now $1.20. Of course, NBA Finals on today as well. Game three, we head to South Beach where the Miami Heat who picked up a win in Game 2 in Denver to level the series 1-1. They're 225. They're also drifting slightly in that head-to-head market. Um, and the money, uh, they're almost trading dollar for dollar at the moment. Miami Heat 225, the Denver Nuggets at $1.62. I can tell you the boys have put a whole heap of power plays uh, in there for punters. I'm just having a look at one right now. Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., each to have 10 or more rebounds, and Jamal Murray to have 10 or more assists. That's paying $19. That's one of the best-backed, um, bigger odds uh, power plays for Game 3 today. So, yeah, punters have uh, really jumped on a number of power plays, and that's one of them that they really like. Well, thanks a lot, Paulie, for giving us all your expertise today, and uh, let's hope that, hope that Al Sharrock can get the job done down there on his home track at Pukekota Park in Taranaki. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. That's our update with the great Paulie Moati, and thanks a lot from me and Izzy, Paulie, for throwing into the kicker today. Uh, hopefully we can get that job done for the punters, so go well. Yeah, all good, boys. Have a good, profitable day. Well, just... 
We've just had this come through, Paulie, from Trev. Kempe's been keeping pretty quiet about Mr. Didgeridoo, so it must win. <laughs> not, not, not quite enough, Trev, because the TAB is closing into 2.20. <laughs> uh, I think stuff. Trev's on to something. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> good stuff. Go well, Paulie. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. Actually, something we didn't cover off uh, yet, and I want to get your take on, Kempe is uh, NRL, we're back to having Thursday night games again, which is great. We've got the Tigers going up to the GC to play the Titans, and I quite like this as mm. a power play. Appy Coruscant or Sam Verrill's anytime try scorer and either team wins 1-12 to is paying seven fifty. Oh, yeah, that's a, that is a decent bet. Absolutely, absolutely. Because Uppy um, Curacao, he'll be trying to cement his position mm. in that New South Wales team. I said it on running it straight yesterday with Sam. This is a great weekend to watch football because the positions are up for grabs. So you've got players sitting right on the verge of uh, origin selection uh, and a couple of Queenslander players that need to come into selection too because of a couple of injuries and suspensions. And some of these games are are red hot tickets. So that one there with Uppy, that's a good that's a good bet. Uppy's playing pretty good football. Uh, he'll sne- he'll probably try and sneak one against the the Titans at some stage. And I don't think there's one to twelve points that separate them. Yeah, exactly. And Sam Verrills, uh, I reckon bet. one that got one that got away from the Roosters. I reckon they'll be wishing they'd kept him uh, this season. The way things well, are cracking yeah, for them. Yeah, and the, yeah, they got a, they get away with a one pointer last week. Um, the Roosters and. You know the game that is still I'm still smarting over is how the Cowboys demolish the Melbourne Storm. You know, come out <laughs> and put forty odd points on them. The way that they they get sixty six points put on them two weeks ago, the, the Cowboys, and then they come out and do that to Bellamy's team. And I think he called his before their like, he's so funny. I I like the way that he talks because he's, he's hilarious. He called it that was a putrid performance. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> imagine being a player and your coach has called you putrid. Oh, that is outstanding. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want to be in that Storm squad this weekend, uh, this week gone. I mean, you, can you imagine Monday training, what they would have been like? Well, I'm not even worried about Monday, mate. Could you imagine walking <laughs> off knowing him and you've got to go and sit in that change room? There must be. Oh, like, I don't know what Izzy was like, but I sort of knew when we were going to cop a spray, so you'd know where to go and sit. Like, even if you put your suit up on a hook, you knew where to go and sit, and generally it was behind the coach. <laughs> You know, what I mean? not in front of him because things go forward when they kick and throw. Yeah. Um, so you know, as you got smarter, you just went and found that seat, and just slipped in between another couple of blokes where they had their suit put up. So, yeah, man, I'd hate to be in that change room after that game with oh. Billy Oak. He would have teed off. Mate, if you're in the firing line, Kimpy, there's nowhere to hide. Steve Hansen would find you. Honestly, he would just walk around that room and find you, no matter where you sat. You just knew, oh, well. So we used to do a thing. We'd walk into our reviews or walk into a post-match and we'd just go like this. We'd pretend to put a body armour over our head. Just like, put, put the armour on, boys, get ready. Pull it over and then walk in like this. You know, shoulders out, ready to go take some bullets. Yes, come on then, Chag. Get me. Oh, outstanding. Oh. Uh, the shag spray. Uh, 18 away from nine here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempe for <laughs> breakfast. Sprays. i just tell you one. Here's Harvey Norman, mate. Uh, not Harvey Norman. Harvey Howard played for. He played for Brisbane. Won a comp, he won a comp, you know, but he's an Englishman. He played with me in Leeds. Funniest guy I've ever played with, you know. But he gets comes in at half time and we had this little French halfback. He was four foot tall. And Dougie Lawton comes in. He's Scottish. He goes, Harvey, Harvey. 
Why aren't you making any tackles? You need to make more tackles, Harvey Landers. And Harvey just looks at me and goes, Dougie, have a look at me and have a look at him. Who are you going to run at? <laughs> <laughs> and I just burst out laughing, mate. Oh, Jesus. Some of the, some of the, you've got to be, the thing with that spray is you've got to be careful who you aim it at and you've got to be good, you know, because some players, they just don't take it that well. Yeah, some some want the arm around the shoulder, some react better to the spray. We've seen that plenty of times. Uh, it's 17 away from nine. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll get to more of those next. Ace from Kemper's Warehouse, now only six ninety nine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 11 away from 9 on SENZ. Plenty of texts coming through. Double eight, double three. Here's an idea, Izzy. What do you reckon of this? No name on the text, which is a pity, because uh, you should always chuck your name on your text so we can give you credit when you send through a great idea. Like this one. Why doesn't New Zealand rugby buy one of those struggling UK teams with Silver Lake, and then all those Kiwi players that want to go overseas can go and play in that team, and because it's still a Kiwi team, they're still eligible for the, t- for the ABs? <laughs> Good idea, but... Um, probably a bit far-fetched, in all honesty. Uh, I don't think we want to go over there and help them out. But, hey, appreciate the text message coming through. Um, but, no, I can't see that happening. Look, they've got to worry about their own backyard. If we're, con- we're going to help them out, it's got nothing to benefit us. We've got teams here. We've got teams. We've got a great provincial game. We've got super rugby teams. Like There, there is enough teams here to, to cater for that. Um, I don't think that's the op- option. To well, go over and help. I, I just London say this Irish. much: there's there's a lot more TV money if you're part of the Gallagher Premiership, um, and they've just had a third team fall over. London Irish. Well, gone. where's that money going? London where's Irish. Money gone? Gone? Well, your poor ownership, I would say. <laughs> See, that's the thing there. Like, what's the due diligence behind this mm. going on over there? If you can't even afford to support your team, you shouldn't be given the the ownership rights to be able to be over there. It's crazy. Three teams gone already. That that competition. Is um yeah it's, it's struggling, and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. And um yeah, that's basically England rugby's problem. We don't want to get caught up in their problems. Yeah, and they've just looks like they lo- the uh, England are losing Marcus Smith as well. He's going to go sign with Toulon, I think. He's going to go. He's going over to France, uh, and he's going to go help Leicester. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, because that's the deal, right? The Welsh, if you go, if you play outside Wales, they can't pick you for their team. And England are the same, mm. right? If you don't play inside, if you don't play in England, you, you, if you go and play in France, they don't they don't going to pick you for the for the England team. Well, he's not the English mould. You know, Danny Cipriani's come on our show and he spoke about the English way of doing things. You cannot go against our identity, and that's why they they like that. They love a really structured game. So he's seen that. He's not in favour. So he's going to go make that opportunity and go get paid, and uh, he begin paid plenty. And um, yeah, they're going to stand staunch by that decision. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the English rugby union union are allowing the clubs to disintegrate um, so that they can when you when you say you know what what are the rules over there so they can start putting rules around the competition uh, and probably get that ownership back because you know they've got plenty of cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see they haven't got any foothold on the club situation at the moment. Like there's this. There's no unity involved in them. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that's the case, Kimpy. I think it's probably dampening, damaging their kind of reputation over in England with what's happening. You know, when you've got their clubs falling at their feet, it's not a good look. But uh, on the flip side, mate, it's crazy. Crazy things are happening at the moment. So you couldn't put past past that decision.
Yeah, uh, Tim's texted through. Morning, and a team. Izzy, I might have a small job for you. Please give me a call later. Uh, what are you, are you, uh, he obviously wants you on your digger, does he? What's he going on there? <laughs> well, I hope not, because Country Clueless is coming back. And, uh, well, if you want a bit of cluelessness coming to your household, yeah, I'll give you a call. Okay, Tim, I'll call you after. <laughs> Plenty of clueless. Plenty of clueless. Uh, keep your text coming through. Double eight, double three. I'll tell you, man, I want your text, want your calls. Uh, between 9 and 12, it's Ian Smith. We catch up with him next. It is eight away from uh, 9 o'clock here on SENZ. Is Ian Kempe for breakfast.